This is episode number 63 with Dr. Ruben West. Welcome to American Snippets, your source for inspirational, motivational, and selfless stories and interviews from exceptional people across the nation. And now, here's your hosts, Barb Allen and Dave Brown. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the American Sippets Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in to today's show. My name's Dave Brown. I'm a real estate investor, lifestyle entrepreneur, and the co-host here, along with my partner, Gold Star Wife, author, and speaker, Barbara Allen. Now, if you're a first-time listener, it's our goal each week to feature stories that will not only inspire you, but ones that will propel you into action in your own life. Our mission here is to create a meaningful platform that encourages national pride, promotes the American dream, supports those who honorably serve, and spotlights all the extraordinary things everyday Americans just like you are doing to make this country a better place. Our guests are exceptional Americans who are giving back both in business and in everyday life. And these stories are compelling examples of positivity, possibility, and patriotism that can help you get one step closer to living your own American dream. And that leads us to today's guest, Dr. Ruben West, who has never met a personal challenge he did not turn into an opportunity. He has an innate ability to see promise and potential where others see dead ends and disappointment. And he's using this ability to blaze new trails for others to follow. Dr. West knew he wanted to be a surgical assistant in a time where that profession was not recognized as such. And rather than accept the impossibility of his vision, he just created the profession, and now it's recognized in the medical field. And he didn't stop there either. Dr. West repeated that process of creating his own dream and went on to achieve one extraordinary accomplishment after another. He turned his love for martial arts into a full-fledged purpose that literally changed lives, while also getting him inducted in the Martial Arts Hall of Fame. He's among the most highly sought-after international speakers, coaches, and corporate trainers. He's an author, an entrepreneur, and a living example of the potential lying untapped in all of us. Now, without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with Dr. Ruben West. Hi there. Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I am your co-host, Barb Allen. Those of us... Those of you who follow us here, or maybe if you're a first-time listener, uh, it's important to know that we focus a lot on the American dream and following your purpose and your passion, all the possibilities that are available in this country. And part of why we do what we do so much is because we believe so strongly in the American dream and we help people tap into their potential to realize that on their own, whatever that looks like for them. Our guests often have these great stories and insight to offer our audience and ourselves uh, on how to do this. And today's guest is absolutely no exception. I am so thrilled to have here with us today, Dr. Ruben West, who has such a diverse background. I love it. I love it. From the degree he's got to the Hall of Fame he's a member of. We're going to get into all these cool little tidbits about him. Dr. West is an international speaker. He is a corporate trainer. He is a sought after mentor, and he is a a titan again in the in the business world and he is taking the time to sit down with us today tell us about his experience offer his insight into how you too can tap into your potential and your purpose and take action on all those things in your life that you've been holding back taking action on dr west thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today 
first of all, let me say thank you for inviting me. Uh, you have a wonderful audience. And just to have the privilege to share my message with your audience, it pleases me. So thank you so much for allowing me to share. No problem. Anytime. Uh, we came across you through another extraordinary person, Marie Cosgrove, and uh, her story we just featured on American Snippets. But And then for somebody like Marie to credit you, um, you know, I mean, that just speaks volumes. So it, uh, if, and, yeah. and let me just say something right here. because It's already coming to me. What really speaks volumes and, and, and volume? And, and this is what I want the listeners, listeners to know. And if you're listening right now, make sure you write this down. OQP. I'm going to say that again. OQP. And that is only quality people. Notice that she said she was speaking to Marie. Marie referred her to me. Marie told me about her. It's OQP. And what happens is you get a lot of opportunities in your life because you associate with quality people. And so my first tidbit for the for the listeners is that you've got to surround yourself with OQP, only quality people. I know there may be some people that you're around and you know, you've got to make some changes. You don't know how to do it. It's simple. Just say, Hey, late, let me tell you something. I'm making some changes in my yeah. life. And if you don't hear from me, you may have been one of them, but whatever you do, <laughs> OQP. <laughs> right. I okay. love it. I love it. That that's a, it's such a simple statement and it can be one of the most monumental challenges um, for somebody to get past. Um, I'm guilty of that as well. If you don't mind, can you take us back? Because you are a Marine Corps veteran, yes? Army veteran. Army veteran. I'm so sorry. Sometimes I get my veterans. But you know what? I really, really love it when I make mistakes like that. Just yeah. awesome. All right. So you're an Army veteran. That's correct. Thank you very much for that. How did you go about, we won't you know, touch too long on your service, but it is an important part of your background. And I really like to incorporate that to thank everybody for their service, no matter what capacity they served. It's very important for us to do so and to take the time to do that. But can you tell us a little bit about your service and uh, you know what, what made you decide to, to join the military? Yeah. So I, when I was in, a junior in high school, a, recruit, a recruiter came and talked to us. And I just thought it was great. My uncle was in the Marines. My grandfather was in the military. Uh, I thought, man, this is going to be great. And so I slide, signed up for the split option program where I could go to basic training during the summer of my junior, senior year, come back and graduate. They paid me to wear my uniform. Oh my I was already in the reserve. So they paid me to wear my uniform to school in high school. So I would wear my uniform certain days of the month. They would pay me. I just thought that was great. And then when I graduated, I went to my military occupational specialty, which was 91 Delta operating room specialist, where we pass instruments to the docs. Um, the catalyst for my life was when I was in the Gulf War in 1991. We were the 410th EVAC hospital. One of the surgeons said, Reuben, I'm going to teach you how to assist because it's not nine to five at war. It's until the patients stop coming. And so we had 12 hour shifts. And so I want you to think we're, we're in this operating room. There's actually two tables, two anesthesia machines. You could be working on a patient here and they're already bringing the next one in. You finish this one up, you turn, change gown and gloves, you're working over here. And he said, I'm going to teach you how to assist. And so he showed me some things. And I remember in my bed that night thinking, this is what I'd like to do when I get back home. And the reason I'm telling you this and yeah. to the listeners is a lot of times you can get great ideas in the most difficult situations. Uh, I want you to look at it like this. If you've ever been to the movies, you're sitting in the movie theater, you're waiting for the movie to start. And then all of a sudden it gets dark. 
And whenever it gets dark, you know what they start doing? They start showing you the coming attractions. They start showing you things that's going to come up in your future that you could participate in. And I believe that a lot of times if we just get still in the darkness, we will find some things that we can create in our life in the future. And that's exactly what I did. I got the idea for starting that surgical assistant company in the state of Kansas. I went back to my hospital. And it took about 10 years, but that's exactly what we were able to do. And it all came from my time in the military. I love it. And uh, we were definitely going to talk about that that surgical first assisting position because it's so interesting. You know, even when I was growing up, well before the internet, it's amazing how the internet changed things and possibilities and potentials and the youth's kind of career paths, right? But when I was growing up, it was, look, you can be a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer, you know, any one of these professions, there was no, at least, you know, in my world, there was really no thinking creatively or outside of this profession or that profession. And so I I don't know how people, certainly before the internet, now it's a little easier, but it's so hard to take that leap. You looked around, you said, look, I was in the military, I had this experience, this is what I want to do. It doesn't exist in the real world. And instead of that being where that desire began and ended for you, you were like, all right, well, this doesn't exist. I guess I just have to create it. You know, it just didn't, (laughs) I mean, it didn't occur to you to say, all right, that doesn't exist. I guess I can't do this. I'm going to go, you know, be a grocery store owner or something instead, right? right? You just, you decided to create your future. And that's such an important lesson. What gave you that mindset that, look, I could just do this? So let me let me tell everybody. Whenever I'm speaking, I always ask the question: How many people in here uh, raise your hand if you've had an idea for a product, a service, or an invention? You had no idea how it was going to work, but you thought it was a good idea. And because you didn't know it was go- how it was going to work, you did nothing. And then a year later, two years later, you see that very same thing, and somebody has done it. And and in, invariably, yeah. probably eighty to ninety percent of the people in the room raise their hand. And so I tell them, this is my first point, is not what you think of, is what you act on. See, I believe, this is just what I believe, I believe that um, we're creations of the creator, and we were created to create. And our ideas are our inheritance. Listen to that. Our ideas are our inheritance. T.D. Jakes, the, the great minister, T.D. Jakes, he said, we think in trees, but God blesses us in seeds. We have to grow it. And so when I get an idea, now this is important, and I want the listeners to listen. This is an important, when I get an idea, and I think it's a great idea, and I have no idea how I'm going to do it, and I have no idea how to make it work, and I don't have the financing, and I don't have the support, then I believe that's the idea. Because I don't think God would teach us about faith if we weren't going to have to use it. And so that's just my principles I was raised on. My mother is an associate pastor. My four uncles that are bishops. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about our creator. So I'm not talking about any particular religion. I'm talking about a belief in God that you were created and you have a purpose. And and your purpose was to bring something into this world. And how do you think you're going to bring it? You're going to bring it through an idea. Albert Einstein said, logic will take us from A to B, but imagination will take us everywhere. And so for me, when I get those ideas and I can start imagining, what would it be like if I could stand across from a surgeon, whether it be a GYN surgeon, a neurosurgeon, orthopedic, it doesn't matter, heart surgeon, and they call me, Ruben, come assist me. And I assist them. I do an excellent job and I leave. That, that, that was a new idea. It didn't exist. And here's another thing. When I started telling people about it, if if I don't get most of the people saying that won't work or it's crazy, that's not it. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. How many people said that to you? Yeah. No, no, not how many, everybody. Everybody. 
Ruben, nobody's going to let, they would say, Ruben, who's going to let you do that? And my answer would be, who's going to stop me? Perfect. See, it's not about letting you. And this is what everybody has to get. It's not about people letting you do it. It's about you doing it. Uh, I heard another quote that said, there's no defense or objection against a product or service that meets a pressing public need. And so that means if you create something that the people need, they're not going to stop you from bringing it to the market. Nobody's saying, hey, get rid of cell phones. Nobody's saying that, right? Right. Because it's a need. And so for me, I I look at it like this, and I want everybody listening to think about this. In the beginning, it wasn't the heaven and earth and the nursing profession. Like somebody created everything. Florence Nightingale created the nursing profession. So I'm like, if she could create the nursing profession, how come Reuben West can't create the surgical assistant profession in the state of Kansas? And I got a better question. Why can't you? I mean, we're all creations of the creator and we were created, I feel, to create. I think it's so important that people hear that message. And I'm so glad that you are out there so vocal about it and so influential in that spirit doing it, because I can tell you, it, it, it's almost like you're swimming against the tide. It, it, you know, some people are raised in that environment where they're taught like, yes, you can do this, you can do that. And other people, and especially now the media, you know, you get trapped in that cycle kind of, you're supposed to know what you want to do at 19, you get locked in, you have all the student debt, you take this job that you don't really like, right? And then you wake up in your 30 or 40, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, where where did my life go, right? So I think it's so important that people are hearing this message. And even it doesn't matter what you, where you are at your life, it is never too late to take that leap and and start creating that life that you want for yourself. And just listen to that message, listen to your message over and over and over again, that you absolutely can do it. You have to take that leap of faith. It took you 10 years to create that. And to be okay. So how did you keep yourself going in those 10 years? You know, and what, what had you not give up on that in that 10 years? So uh, thank you so much for asking me that question, because I don't want them to lose the fact that it's going to be hard. Yeah. Not everything hard is worth it, but everything worth it is hard. Uh-huh. And so there's going to be a lot of people who tell you can't do it, why you can't do it, why it won't work. And, and they were right for everyone but you. Life comes with a guarantee and you're the guarantor. So for me... Um, what I always say is that you have to up the level of the focus. So your desire to keep going versus your desire to quit only comes in a scale. And once your desire to quit outweighs your desire to keep going, you're going to quit. So you have to have a vision big enough that it's going to outweigh your desire to quit. When I did it, it wasn't just to create the profession for me. I was a surgical technologist. I was one of the best. So let me let me put that in perspective. We passed instruments to the doctors. I worked in heart surgery, general surgery, GYN, orthopedics, neuro. It didn't matter. But in the end, all I would ever do is pass instruments. Now, if I was a nurse, I could be a nurse in the OR, the ER, the OB, the floor, home health nursing, school nursing. But as a surgical tech, you're locked into just being in surgery. So you can work in surgery or OB, and you can pass instruments to those doctors. And I said, someone needs to create a profession where the people who are skilled at passing instruments, because we've been in the room, we know all the instruments, we know the flow of the procedure, we would be great if we just learned the techniques to assist. Now, here's the thing. When I said someone, I was looking in the mirror, and that someone was me. 
And so I didn't just do it for me. I did it for all the people that I knew who were excellent at what they did, but they were at a salary cap. There was no way to get more money because they valued that position at this level. But what if I could create it that would open up the position? So what kept me going was the fact that it wasn't just for me. It was the opportunity to create new opportunities for people that I didn't even know yet that could feed their family, that could send their kids to college, that could pay their bills, that could have a different life, that could have more uh, pride in their profession, that could free up their time because they didn't have to stay there all day. They came in, they assist, they went home. And so when you make it big enough, when, when, when the why is big enough, the how doesn't matter. Yeah. And I love, did I see that you have a degree in criminal justice? Absolutely. I got that right. I love that. I also have a master's in criminal justice. So that one I did remember. And I I love that. I think it's important because look, you have a degree in criminal justice and yet, you know, you're off doing all that. So it's another thing too. People think that when you get that degree, that is going to define, like once you make that decision, you get that degree, they have like this fixed focus on it, this fixed functionality. Like this is degree means I can only work in that field. It doesn't, it's hard for a lot of people to think, look, all of these things and these practices and this technique and the skills I learned while getting this degree, I can apply to everything else that I'm doing. The degree. Yeah. The degree equals possibility. Yes. See, if you have a degree, that's just showing you that you have the ability to achieve things. You yes. have the ability to start and complete things. You have the ability to follow through a process. It, it's, it's a degree. And you have the ability to decide how you want to use that degree. My degree was criminal justice with emphasis on law enforcement and juvenile corrections. And I, I got a job at the juvenile correction facility. Um, I, I liked it, but what I didn't like was one of the facilities was a private facility. And and I was like, man, they have so many rules and regulations and what we can bring in, what we can't bring in. And I was a supervisor, but I wasn't one of the people that they brought in for education. So they brought in teachers for that. And so they, they basically tell you, stay in your lane. Like you're you're here to tell them when to wake up, when to go to bed, when to lay down. And, and when I looked at all that, I said, man, that sounds like babysitting. My sister yeah. is 11 years younger than me and she doesn't need a degree to babysit. <laughs> so so why did, I didn't get a degree to babysit, but right. watch this. And then I thought, but I've studied martial arts all this time and I can open up a school where I get to set the rules, where I don't have to just babysit them, tell them when to come in, when to go out, but I could talk to them about their possibility, about their self-control, their concentration, their discipline. And so that was another idea that I had that I decided I was going to open up that business. And everybody said, Ruben, how are you going to have a martial arts school? You, There's people who are better than you. They're more skilled than you. They tried it. It didn't work. Why would you go do that? Because it's not me. Watch this. Um, we always hear about one hit wonders. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are people who have a song and then you you hear the song and you never hear from them again. Right. And so people always say, where are they now? Or this one hit wonder. But let me tell you this. And I want to share it with the audience. I'd rather be a one hit wonder than to wonder if I could ever have a hit. Like I would rather go after it. I would rather try. I would rather do my thing. And so I said, I'm going to try this martial arts school. Now, the impossible becomes possible by taking the next possible step. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know how all that was going to work. I don't need to know. Just what can I do today? Now, it's this is our 21st year in business. I was inducted in the U.S. Martial Arts Hall of Fame in 2000 as instructor of the year. And I'm not saying any of that to brag. I'm saying the impossible becomes possible by taking the next possible step. I didn't try to figure out the end. I just figured out the next step. And so the reason other people will tell you it won't work is because they're trying to look all the way to the end. 
we don't get to decide our beginning, but we can decide our ending. They couldn't tell me how it was going to end up. I decided that. Love it. And I think that's another hugely valuable lesson in that. And I want people to like actually break that down here and, and follow those steps as that went, right? Because you had that degree in criminal justice, you got that career, that job in the field pertaining to your degree. When right. you saw that part of that drew you, part of that you felt called to, and the other part you didn't, instead of giving up on that, you oh. took something else that called you and you combined those two purposes. So somebody's purpose does not have to be a fixed, static, one-dimensional thing. Mm -hmm. Your purpose can flow and, and evolve. And making that decision to change your current job, your career, does not mean you have failed at anything. It means you're evolving and growing and you have the courage to move forward. And I think it is so important for people to to hear that uh, and, and hear it over and over. And especially from somebody like you who's done it. It's easy to think that it's just easy, right? You look at you, you're Dr. Ruben West. You're an international speaker. You're a sought after right. corporate trainer. You have this credential and that credential, but man, you worked for it and you took that leap. Worked. Yeah. And, and here's what they got to look at is uh, change doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. See, I, I really want you to get the law of attraction because 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 most of the time when we say it, people think it's all mystical and spooky and right. It's not. I started a martial arts school through the law of attraction. Now, let me let me explain that. I studied martial arts. I studied criminal justice. I worked in the field and I understood the challenges that the kids were facing. And then I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put together a program that meets those challenges. And so when yeah. I put together, the, I started at the community center. I taught at Crestview Community Center, Hillcrest Community Center, the YWCA. And, and I started teaching and teaching. And the classes grew so big. Why? Because I was teaching something that the parents were attracted to. Man, they're teaching my kids self-control and concentration and discipline and the way he carries himself. And, and so then yeah. I said, well, I'm going to move it over here and start open up the school. Well, the people came to there and then they started to, I've never really had an advertising campaign. Yeah. My work is the advertisement. They go tell other people through the law of attraction. When I wanted to work in surgery, I studied, I would go to the medical school library, me and my friends, and they would be like, well, why are you guys down here? Like we're, I'm in med school, they're residents, like you guys are surgical techs. Yeah, but I'm going to be assistant surgeons in every single specialty. So I've got to know what I'm doing. I've got to be able to step into the place of a surgeon. And they were like, <laughs> that's so funny, <laughs> right? And, and sometimes they would laugh so hard, I would laugh. It was funny. It was funny. What they didn't understand is I'm a leader. They're a follower. It's nothing wrong with that. But we all reached the mountain the same way. They were following a path that other people had set. Yeah. So they take these classes, they go to these trainings, they do the re this residency, they become a doctor. <laughs> that that was just a path that, path that somebody set. Sir, I'm creating a new path for other people to follow. Henry David Thoreau said, don't go where the path may lead, go where there's no path and leave a trail. I decided I was going to leave a trail. Love it. Uh, can you think back, are, are there any of those students that you had in your martial arts program, sure. you know, that, that you remember well, or a story about, you know, how that impacted their lives. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. That's, that's, that's touching that you would ask me that. Yeah. Um, about five or six years ago, I got a message on Facebook and, and this young lady wanted to reach out to me. She was over in the Marshall Islands and, and, I saw her profile. I said, okay. And she sent me a message and then she sent me a picture and it was a picture of her. And it was when she was in my martial arts school. And let me tell you 
this is why I know we're called. Like I, when I started martial arts, I wanted to teach them about self-control and concentration and discipline. But I didn't know parents would come in my school saying, my child is being bullied. Yeah. They're being picked on. Uh, they're being withdrawn. They don't want to communicate anymore. I feel like I'm us- losing my daughter. Can you help my daughter? See, that pulls something inside of you. And, and, and I didn't know how I was going to do it. I was like, yes, I can help. I'll do whatever I need to do. And so I stepped up to help. Now, I had to come up with new ways to create class sometimes. There was kids that were too nervous to come out on the floor, so they'd sit by their parents. And you know what I did? I had all the parents get up and move, and all the kids go sit down. And I say, today we're doing sit-down karate, right? <laughs> and we would just practice from the – see, it I love it, yeah. Creative. What do they say? You learn more from the student than the student learns from the instructor. And so I got this message from this girl who had in the, in the fifth grade wrote this a paper about me, and it said, uh, Mr. West, he is – my hero. And she talked about how her life was changed through working in karate, through being in my class, who gave her the courage to stand up and all these things. And she said, she's over in the Marshall Islands now. She's went to college. She graduated from Emporia State. She's over there helping these kids, teaching them principles about self-control and concentration and discipline, protecting the young girls because they had a culture of abuse. And you know what she said to me? She said, if I could just help one one person, the way you helped me, it would all be worth it. And so that's why we all have to stand up because we yeah. have no idea who our message is for, who our business is for. Somebody's watching you and they're going to get their inspiration through you. Absolutely. I'm so glad you shared that with us. I mean, things like that and the impact like that, and it is touching, this is moving. I'm an emotional person. That gets to me too. The power to really reach into somebody's lives and help them, it doesn't matter who we are. I think we all have the ability to do that. And you were following some calling that maybe you didn't understand at the time, the impact that you were going to have on people's lives. You just knew you felt called to do it and you trusted that calling and you did it and you gave it everything you had and look at what happened. And I have to think that moments like that sort of just kind of must lift you up and give you that spark and that light and that, and that not that you need the validation, but the, this is what I'm talking about people. Like, this is why Right? you want to know that it's worth it. And here's the funny thing. I didn't even know who she was. She was a kid. Yeah. She was a young girl. And, and to see her as a grown woman and still calling me Mr. West and you helped me. Um, listen to this. You can count the seeds in an apple, but you can never count the apples in a seed. See, that one seed can produce so many different apples. We're seeds. See, our, when we share our message, when we share our voice, when we share our calling, your show, you have no idea the yeah. number of people it's reaching. You can count the seeds in an apple, but you cannot count the apples in a seed. And so as you put this show out there on the airwaves, yeah. you have no idea how many people you're helping. And I want the listeners to understand that, too. When you go into your calling, everybody that you help won't see you. See, they won't see you. There's people who will be touched by the people that you touched. Yes. So these kids over in the Marshall Islands are being impacted because I decided to start a martial arts school. You can count the seeds in an apple, but you can never count the apples in the seeds. Isn't that awesome? Is there anybody in your life along your way who you remember as having that kind of impact on you or similar impact on you who, who took the time to help you out and helped you find your way? You know, there's so many people who helped me find my way. And I am a culmination 
really of my family. Uh, my mom was very instrumental in my life. She, um, back in the 70s, had the first female discrimination lawsuit against the company that she worked for. Wow. because She did the work of men. She would train the men, and then they would give the men the job, and they wouldn't give her the job. And so she decided, well, wait a minute. If I, I'm good enough to train them, I'm good enough to do the job. Now, this wasn't when it was popular. Yeah. This was now when it's me too. This was back when the women said, why don't you shut up? Oh, Why don't man. you sit down? As a matter of fact, they blocked her from the lunchroom. She had to eat lunch outside of the room. But uh, she told me, she said, Reuben, um, right is right. And that's what matters. And that sometimes you have to stand up for people, even when they don't understand that you're standing up for them. And so she went through that whole process. She won the lawsuit. It changed the way the women were perceived at the job. And it opened up so many opportunities for other people. And I learned something from her. I learned that, that when you go to create change, it's not always going to be popular. Like, because people, uh, listen to this. I heard this quote that said, some people would let rather live in known hell than explore unknown heavens. In I, other words, they would, rather yes. put up with it. they would rather deal with it. There's people beating them up and discriminating. Them. They're like, but why don't you just shut up? I mean, we this is bad, but at least we know what bad is. And she's like, no, 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 there's a better way. And so what my mom taught me was that if, even if you're doing good, everybody's not going to applaud you and everybody's not going to commend you. And there were some people say, you shouldn't be doing this job and, and you shouldn't be doing this and, and, and all the things that they said. And I respect what they're saying. Yeah. I just disagree. And so my mother was one of my greatest inspirations and she continues to be. Love it. I love that. What a great role model to have and to to be as a mom to your children. I think there's that's the greatest form of success that you can ask for as as a mother. Yeah, and see this is what why I'm telling the listeners this. I wrote a book called Live Your Best Life. Your life is the message. See, there's people watching you. And they get their strength from you. They're watching how you take challenges, how you face them. They're mm -hmm. watching you, how you handle difficult situations. And you know what they're doing? They're learning from you. And so when you decide, hey, I'm going to step up and live my life, not an okay life, not the good life. I'm going to live my best life and I'm going to live it to a standard that people can see me stand for something. Then they get their lessons from you. And so even when you don't have to make a big splash, because my mom didn't. Yep. Even when you don't have to fly your flag because she didn't and she doesn't, even when you're just going quiet and solid steps as a mom, showing the kids the right from wrong, giving them integrity, saying little things to them like, you're somebody, uh -huh. you're somebody special. You're planting the seeds in the apple and you'll never be able to count the number of apples from that seed. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you talk a lot because... Among the many things you do is you're an international speaker and you also yeah. coach other people, train other people how to tap into their purpose. I love how you I, I saw that, how you identify, you know, different traits of different speakers instead of trying to mold them all into other right. yous. I think that's awesome. And you talk a lot about the power of humor in speaking. Yes. 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 You know why? Because humor is universal. Yeah. See, when, and here's another thing. When you make somebody laugh, you've never, ever said, and I've never heard anybody say, boy, I, they had me cracking up. They're so funny. I can't stand them. Yeah. <laughs> said that, right? It's an True. automatic connection. Yeah. When yeah. you get somebody to laugh and engage with you, it opens their heart. And now you can give them the message. And so by allowing them to laugh at you, laugh with you, with you, you give them the ability to be free to open up to your message. And now you can plant the seed of 
of really what I believe is the most important thing is, and that is uh, treating people with kindness. Yeah. See, I think if, I just believe that if, if we use the principle of love, see, and I'm not talking about in, in love, I'm talking about love, a genuine mm-hmm. respect for other people. That's why I could never try and teach somebody to speak like me because I love the way God created them. So, so the ultimate, the ultimate respect I can show them is let me figure it out, figure out how he created you to communicate and help you enhance that. But so many people say, well, let me tell you what you should do. How do I know what you should do? Your creator already knew what he wanted you to do. It's just my job. The gift he gave me was to understand what he created you to do and how he created you to do it and then help you with the tools to do it. Love it. So uh, what are some of the things that you see in the people that come to you for that kind of guidance? What are some of the things that are kind of holding them back, their their hesitancy and something they need to get through? Let me tell you, uh, Dr. Maxwell Maltz in his book, Psycho-Cybernetics, he said there's three things, three factors. And when these three factors are present, it will imprint on the subconscious mind. He said, number one, when it's something that's said to you by with emotion or force, number two, it's said to you by an authority figure, or number three, it's repeated often. When those three things are present, it's imprinted on the subconscious mind. And so many people have had parents or educators or people in authority tell them, you're never about to know anything. You're not smart enough to do that. You're too fat. You're too slow. You're too skinny. You're too tall. You're too overqualified, underqualified. And and what happens is the minute they go to step out, it starts replaying in their subconscious. And so what I do is I interrupt that thinking pattern. See, my job is to break that thinking pattern. I got to dispel that myth because it's not true. It was true to them. Now, the only thing that makes it true is we when we believe it. So I've got to interrupt that thinking pattern and help them see something different. And here's what I tell them. They cannot stomp out that still small voice that was put in you. That's why you're here with me. See, if you really believed it, you wouldn't be here. But the very fact that you're here, know that you've heard it. You know that you've been told that, but something deep down inside says, wait a minute, but it can't be true. And that's why we're working together. And once they acknowledge that, that you're right, Ruben, I'm here because I do believe there's something greater Then I say, great, let's explore that, that factor. Awesome. So awesome. I think that one concept alone has the ability to really just propel somebody into the next phase of the world. How much energy does that take for you to invest in, in everybody that comes? You have to give that a hundred percent. I mean, does that, does that drain you or does that excite you? Does it both, you know, does it, do you need a recovery time in between working with people? I do. It's kind of like massage, you know, the yeah. massage therapist, they take a break. You know, one of the things they do when they go in is they, they fill themselves with energy. So, you know, I studied martial arts and different things. So I fill myself with energy because I want to project energy. Yeah. I don't want to take on their energy. Right. right? I'll be giving out energy. Um, but where I really get energized is like you said, I was just working with Marie Cosgrove, an amazing lady. Oh my with gosh, a yes. story, right. <laughs> and so I hear this story and I'm like, wow, this, you're going to knock their socks off. Let me show you how to package this story. And then she sends me a message, Ruben. It was amazing. I got three more speaking engagements. Uh, one of the ladies wants to connect with you. She feels like she wants to be an international speaker. And I told her you can help. See, I believe that when you operate in your gift, what do they say? Your gift will make room for you. Like, I don't have to go out and tell a lot of people. If I operate authentic, authentically and help them, they'll go tell other people because yeah. like minds attracts like minds. And people say, oh, my God, Marie, I want to be able to do what you do. No problem. You should go talk to Ruben. 
Yeah. See, it's the law of attraction. So oh. my real, my real enthusiasm, my real jumpstart comes when I got the text message from her on Saturday after she got through speaking and it was her and another lady and she, and they were talking about how great she did. And that's how I knew that, that this is what I've been called to do. That's how I know. Awesome. Awesome. Have you ever given a talk that just tanked? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would yeah. be not be authentic if I didn't, yeah. but let me tell you why it tanked. Yeah. Um, this is important. Um, a lot of times when you go to speak, and this is what stops a lot of people from speaking, is they're nervous. And and so this talk that I gave, I was nervous. Now, let me ask you a question. If you were standing on the street, uh, you see this little girl running down the street. She's four years old. She's got these headphones on. She's got the sack in her hand. She's about to run out in the street, and there's a truck coming. Would you say anything? Yeah. Would you yell? I would yell, grab her. Yeah, of course. You do whatever it took. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trying to do what? I'm trying to save her. That's it. Yeah. The reason my speech tanked was because I was too focused on how I looked, how I sound, how I thought, how worried I was, instead of worrying about saving someone's life. Because if you put the focus on saving their life, helping them see something different from themselves, for themselves, you never even have time to think about how do I look or how do I sound or how do I feel? And so it's about stepping out there and being authentic, knowing that I'm not a speaker. I'm a messenger. I'm here to save no. somebody's life. And when I made the mistake of thinking I was a speaker and it had to be perfect, and I had to get it all down and that I, I blew. It was terrible. And I got mm-hmm. done. And I was like, wow, yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> and I had to go back and look at what was it that I did that made that terrible. You know what I did? I had put the focus on me. I'll never do that again. Yeah, but what a valuable lesson in the meantime. And I asked that question on purpose because um, I I think it's important for people also to realize that no matter how evolved someone is or accomplished or achieved, that it, it is not without those stepping stones oh, and absolutely. that you have to take those moments once again, instead of saying, oh my gosh, I am a terrible speaker. I should never have done this. I'm sorry. And go back I- home and just give up. No, that has to fire you up to examine that to, to do better. And so that's why I asked you that question so mm-hmm. that people could learn from that experience to hear from you. I think it is also so very, very important. You have an event coming up, speaking of yes. speaking, and yes. uh, and it is huge. And I was checking out and it looks amazing. You want to tell us about it? Yeah. So I'm doing the, I call it the Black Belt Speakers Live Training Experience. Now, why Black Belt Speakers? Well, I'm a seventh degree Black Belt. So yeah. what I say is I'm helping you put the punch in your presentation. Uh, so it's the Black Belt Speakers Live Training Experience. It's coming up in Kansas City, Missouri at the airport Hilton. It's October 5th, 6th and 7th. It's the 5th in the evening, the 6th all day, and the 7th, which is Sunday till about 3. Um, if they want to get more information, all they have to do is go to bbsliveevent.com, bbsliveevent.com. But what they're going to experience when they come is going to be life-changing. And, and I say that not from an ego standpoint, but from what everybody tells me. Um, they say, Ruben, like, this was life-changing. And I position it that way. And the reason I I say that is because so many times we come in the room thinking one thing, and I purposely created the experience to shift the way you think about you and about other people. And so there's, there's 
techniques that I use. Um, I wanted to do some additional study. I knew I spoke all the time, so I, I did an online program for my PhD in positive neuropsychology. And I didn't want to teach. I didn't want to be a professor. I didn't want to do any of that. Any of that. I just wanted me to be more effective when I communicated or put on events. And so I, I employ a lot of those techniques in the event. They don't know it's happening because I don't talk about it. Right. And then he's like, well, this was just great. And it was so uplifting. And, and I'm like, oh, thank you. I'm glad. <laughs> like it worked. You know, it was that, so easy. Was, yeah. <laughs> was, was well spent. Yeah. And so the whole event is designed to give people a transformational experience, but then also help them work on their message, work on their speaking, and then realize that you don't have to be perfect to make an impact on someone's life. Love it. Love it. So we talk a lot here at American Snippets about the American dream. And it's another big reason of why we do what we do is because that American dream looks different for everybody. But um, overwhelming out there in the world and the community, we were hearing the message that the American dream is a farce. It's a fallacy. It doesn't exist. It's not achievable for you, et cetera, et cetera. And we got sick of hearing that message. So we decided yeah. to, to reverse that message and scream it as loudly as we could. So we like to ask our guests, what does the American dream mean to you? Mm. The American dream means to me that I have the ability to create the future that I want. See, I believe that life comes with a guarantee, but we're the guarantor. The government's not going to create my dream. My mm -hmm. parents aren't going to create my dream. My friends aren't going to create my dream. I'm going to create the dream. So what does it mean to me? It means to have the opportunity to go create the dream, to start the martial arts school to start the surgical assistant company, to start the speaking, to, to say I'm going to be an international speaker and nobody's doing the work for me. Yeah. There's nobody stopping me, but, but I have to do it. I have to get to working on it and to understand that it's going to take time. It's going to take steps. But as I take those steps, people start recognizing me. See, whenever people see you working hard, it makes them want to help. I was sitting at a stoplight, guy ran out of gas, he opened up his door, he was trying to push it up to this gas station, and he had it in neutral, and it was going nowhere. And I saw him struggling, I was like, let me go help this guy. <laughs> and so I pulled my car over, I get out, another guy walks up at the same time, now we get it going, two more guys come up, now he has to jump in the car, shut the door, and we push it all the way up into the gas station. But what if he would have been sitting in the car and said, hey, come push my car? <laughs> Right. And a unlikely. Lot of yeah. They're saying, hey, come push my car. It was nobody's job to get my dream going. It was nobody's <laughs> job to get my dream to the next level, because most people think that they don't have the resources. Two things I want to say. Number one, successful people are not successful because of their resources. They're successful because of their resourcefulness. They will try and figure and scratch and dig and cooperate and collaborate, whatever they need to do. Number one. Uh, the other thing is people say, I'll take action when I get the resources. And God says, I'll provide the resources when you take action. So action is the number one thing we could take towards our American dream to help it come true. A hundred percent. So if there were anybody in this entire world who you have not met before, who I could pick up the phone and call right now and say, hey, you get on over to Dr. Westhouse and spend the rest of the day with him and tell him everything you know, whatever, whatever he wants to know, who would that be? There's anybody in the world that I hadn't met. That you have not met, right? That you would like to. Yeah. Um, this will this will sound weird, but uh Bring it. George Bernard Shaw was asked at the end of the of his life, if you could come back as any man throughout history, who would you like to come back as? And he said, I'd like to come back as the man I never was. All right. And the person that I would like to meet, and I'll never get to meet him, but ten years from now, the Reuben ten years from now. 
who has walked out more of these dreams, who's spoken in different countries, who's went internationally and spoke to people around the world, I would love to sit down and talk with him and ask them, like, Rube, what do I need to do? Like, what should I be doing? But I can't. So I'll have to live it out. And then I'll be able to share that message with somebody else 10 years from now. That nobody else has ever answered like that. And I love it. I think uh, that is... That's a really great answer. I can't be. I can't introduce you to that guy either. But uh, you know, I'll call you in ten years, right? Let's set that on the calendar. Okay, good. So, Doctor West, thank you so so much for being here with us today. I love your message. I love your story. There is so much about you that I mean, we would have to. Sp- Spend the entire day talking with you on. I am sorry I did not have lead time to get your books, but I am absolutely going to go out and get those books now. And I'm going to say here now, if anybody wants to leave a comment and email, subscribe, uh, follow Dr. West and let me know that you did it. We will pop your name into a drawing and I will get you one of his books of your choice and I will mail it out to them uh, because we like to have people not just enjoy the podcast, follow the story. We want them to follow up on it and follow the people that they're inspired to follow and take you know appropriate action in their own lives. So if there's somebody who feels drawn to your story and your message and would like a copy of your books, they just got to message me with a comment on it and uh, we'll go ahead and send a book of their choice out to them. Okay. Thank you so much. And thank yeah. you for that you guys are doing. It's needed. Thank yeah, you. thank you. So one more time, if anybody wants to follow you, find out more about you, where are the websites, where, where can they find you online? So you can sign me, find me on social media. You can go to my Facebook page, Ruben, R-U-B-E-N West, W-E-S-T. Uh, you can go to my website, Ruben, R-U-B-E-N West, W-E-S-T, 360.com, RubenWest360.com. Between those two, you'll be able to find me anywhere else. Awesome. Thank you so much. And you have an excellent day. No, thank you. Pleasure's all mine. Hey, everyone. Dave Brown here again. Thank you so much for listening in to today's show. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by Real Estate Worldwide. Real estate is one of the best ways to achieve the the American dream, always has been. But the key is having the right blueprint. My friend and mentor, Kent Clothier, provides just that through his Real Estate Worldwide Academy. In fact, Kent and I put together a very special training where we explain what the opportunity in real estate is and how you can profit from it full-time or just doing it part-time as a side hustle. So if you want to learn more about this opportunity and see the free presentation, just head on over to americansnippets.com forward slash R-E-W-W to learn more. Again, thank you for listening in. Also, would like to thank Dr. Ruben West for being on today's show. Uh, We put together a full article on Dr. Ruben West. Uh, provided all the social media links where you can follow him. Uh, You can watch the full video interview that we did with him as well. You can do that at americansnippets.com forward slash 063. Uh, If you want to follow Ruben, just go to his website, uh, Dr. Ruben. Actually, it's uh, rubenwest360.com. You can find him on Facebook uh, at rubenwestspeaks and Instagram rubenwest 3 60. Let us know what you thought about this episode. If it gave you some value, uh, please share this. Subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review. Let us know what you thought, and we would greatly appreciate it. Make sure you tag us on Instagram and Facebook at American Snippets, and uh, we will see you next time. So again, thank you for listening in. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are. We'll see you next time. 